Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and today we are going to talk about living paycheck to paycheck. And it is a cycle that I have lived um, before and it really wasn't comfortable. And what I'm finding and doing research is that a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. And this conversation really isn't about shaming um, anyone who is in that cycle, but really trying to support you in getting out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle. And it happens for many reasons, but there are things that are happening economically in the U.S. that living in a paycheck to paycheck cycle is happening for 61% of Americans right now. And it's not necessarily your fault or not your fault at all, not even necessarily, but your fault at all. Things have changed and they kind of sneak up on you. I know I've done several episodes or mentioned in several episodes about inflation and how it's impacting uh my household budget or other people's budget. But today, well, and today, they're, you know, in researching and preparing for this episode, I realized that a lot of people are are there and they may not understand why. And so, you know, it's almost like that analogy of the frog in the pot with the warm water. So it's kind of like, You can put the frog in the pot um, and then you add heat to it. And by the time the frog realizes that the water is hot, he's dying, right? Because the heat just happened little by little, little by little, and then he's a boiled frog. And so I feel like that is kind of, that kind of has the ability to happen now in the U.S. or with us for our checks, especially educators as we're preparing. Some of us are already back at school in New York City. We haven't gone back yet, but we're preparing. We're used to buying certain things for our classrooms and our students that we really want them to have. But when we're at Staples or Target or wherever we're getting our school supplies, we're saying, wow, this is costing me much more than it has in the past. And we, you know, we're just like, okay, let's just, you know, don't worry about it. Let me just get it. Or let me just put, you know, put it on my credit card. Um, and then I'll just pay the bill when it comes. But what's also happening, not even in the supplies that we're getting for our classrooms, but the supplies that we're getting for our own children, 
but our grocery bills have gone up, our gas bills have gone up, our car insurance has gone up. And so they've all gone up by, in some cases, a significant amount, but in other cases, like little tiny amounts. And that all adds up that when that credit card bill comes at the end of the month, that we're normally able to just pay in full because we don't believe in paying interest or, you know, we are not in this paycheck, the paycheck cycle. We want to make sure that we can pay it off. We're recognizing like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough to pay this off. How is this possible? I haven't really bought any more than I normally buy during this time period. Yes, that may be true, but the prices of those things, the cost has increased and all of those little increases have made a significant increase when you go to pay that bill at the end of the month. So let me just give you some statistics to support why it is not your fault and you're not crazy if you feel like, I used to be so comfortable. Now, I don't know like what's happening. So 72% of Americans nationwide feel like they don't, they're not on strong financial ground. 26% feel that they will never be financially secure. And 61% are living paycheck to paycheck. So how does this happen? Because there are some people listening to this and be like, that's because they don't monitor their spending. They're just spending frivolously. They're not, you know, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but that is not the case right now. For most Americans, they are just living their average lives, doing the things that they've normally done, but those prices have increased. So just the average American net salary. So the average American salary is $75,203, which comes out to about $4,400. Um, a month in gross salary. And most Americans take home 75.2% of their gross salaries, giving them a net of $3,308 of net salary, right? But the average rent in 2023 is $2,029,000. And the average mortgage is $19,057, not $19,000, $1,957 a month. So just with your net pay and your mortgage or your your net pay or your mortgage. So if you have a net pay of of $3,300 and your rent is 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 $2,000, excuse me. That's 46% of your take-home pay. On average, people recommend that your rent not be more than 30% of your salary. You're already at 46% if you're just average, right? And if you're a homeowner, it's 28%. I mean, it's not 28%. It's, it's, um, it's slightly under 46%. But for your mortgage, they said that it shouldn't be more than 28% of your salary. So again, you're already over on rent. And when you're over 30% on rent, they call that being 
rent burden, meaning that your rent is definitely taking more of your take-home pay than generally is comfortable. As in 2023, the average amount of money people are paying on food is $690. And for healthcare, it's $96.42. So when you're looking at this, your total cost for needs, and that's not even all your needs, is taking up 85% of your take-home pay if you're in the average range. You know that I record this in New York City, so those numbers are much higher here than they are across the country. Well, at least the spending, the salary, some people say, you know, your salaries are higher. In some cases they are, but in some cases they aren't, depending on where you're teaching. Because if you're looking at the first year for a New York City teacher who just got, we just got a new contract here, that first year teacher is only making $61,000 a year, which is lower than the average annual salary. So I hear you. These are just the numbers. And this episode is not to bring you down. We're going to talk about how to address them. But these numbers is what these numbers are what led me to record this episode. So not only do you have renters paying 85% of their salary just on groceries, healthcare, and rent, and homeowners paying 82% on mortgage, food, and healthcare. You haven't included transportation, childcare, and those sorts of things. So we know that things are tight. So you're not crazy. Now, let's look at the debt. So 52% of Americans don't have three months of emergency setting. And 36% say that they have more debt than they have in emergency savings. 22% of Americans don't have an emergency savings at all. And according to Experian, the average debt in America is $96,371. Now, that includes uh, credit card debt, car loan payment, and, and mortgage payment. But that is a huge number. So if you take kind of what people have in debt, what their necessities are costing them. And again, that's not all their necessities. This is how you get the 61% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. That's the bad news. So what's the good news? The good news is that you can take actions to address this, right? If you're either currently living paycheck to paycheck or you feel like you're close to living paycheck to paycheck. There are things or steps that you can take to kind of adjust um, to give yourself some wiggle room or you know get out of this cycle. Number one, and some people don't want to hear this, is 
get a job that pays more money, right? I am currently working with a colleague who just got their master's degree and they need to make significantly more money. And in looking at that, that person may have to leave their current position for another, um, possibly another company so that they can get a significant pay increase. So increasing your income, whether that be by leaving where you currently are or getting a side hustle is probably the quickest way to do that. But once you get that higher salary, making sure that you are you know, putting that money to use, which would be either paying down debt or increasing your emergency savings and savings account. Because having no debt or little debt and a savings emergency account gives you more wiggle room for any unexpected or even expected expenses that will get you out of that paycheck to paycheck cycle. So how do we, so that's number one, figure out how to make more income or get a high, so whether that be new job or side hustle over time, asking for a raise, but increasing your salary. Two, track your spending and create a budget aligned to your goals. Now, I've also said on the show many times, I'm not really good at budgeting, but putting a budget in place and understanding where your money is going will help you make adjustments and know where you may be able to cut back or shift your spending in certain ways. So what does that look like? I don't believe in creating a blind budget, tracking your spending and seeing where it goes, whether you track it for a week and multiply it by four, or you track it for a full 30 days to kind of see where you're spending money, then do that. I believe in tracking with pen and paper because that mental calculator that we have is not always the most, in fact, it's generally the least accurate there is. So, and I think it's different from using an app and I love budgeting apps. The Mint is one that's free that I actually use to track my spending. I had to train myself to do everything on a debit card so that everything was captured that way. But taking out a pen and paper and tracking and adding up what you're spending is a great way to see what's happening. Based on that spending, you can create realistic budget goals where you understand what you're spending on and you don't feel trapped by your budget. Once you've tracked and you've made your budget aligned to your goals, and what do I mean by aligned to your goals? Like, do you want to save for retirement? Do you want to save for emergency fund? Do you want to just have a general savings account? That's important once you know what your numbers are. Then after you figure that out, make adjustments. Do you have to lower the amount of times that you eat out or do you need to switch from a specific brand to a generic brand at the grocery stores and you may be sitting here saying like this does not sound exciting I don't want to do this why am I being blamed or why do I have to make adjustments um, when other people are doing because if you don't then you're just going to be in this cycle and so on some level to beat this game and get out of the cycle of paycheck to paycheck, you're going to have to make 
the changes because right now public policy is not in a place that's going to assist you in here. America is a consumerist society and our economy works on how much and how we spend. And if you don't get yourself out of, out of that cycle, then you're going to continue to live paycheck to paycheck. So you've tracked your spending and you've created a budget aligned, I mean, a goals aligned budget. Then you start making adjustments. In this adjustment, paying yourself first is essential. Whether it's paying yourself first into retirement accounts or paying yourself first into an emergency account, those things are important. Having those little areas will help you, will give you those buffers that you need. And also what you have to understand is I know that some of you are savers. I have always been a saver, but I would say for the first maybe three or four years of trying to establish a solid emergency fund, it was really like I probably if I added like those first three or four years, I don't know if I was able to substantially save $5,000 in that emergency fund. And why is that? Yes, I had the money on automatic savings. So the money was definitely going into the emergency account. But every month there was a reason for me to take money out of that account, right? Because I was in the paycheck to paycheck cycle. Something would happen as a new homeowner. My water heater burst. I got a parking ticket on my car. Um, The rent was paid late. Um, Something needed to be upgraded in my house. Just all these things. And so there are a lot of us who say, yes, I automatically save. But if we're honest with with ourselves, we automatically take funds out. That means we're still in the paycheck to paycheck cycle. So... It takes a while. It is not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. But knowing that it was important to me, I continued to do that. And then I worked overtime. Uh, I cut back in spending in certain areas. Like I didn't have cable TV, those sorts of things to give my, my ability to start building up an emergency fund. And that was part of my pay myself first uh, strategy and something that you may be able to incorporate. And then get an accountability partner. So accountability partners are, you know, important. You know, it would be, you know, nice if it's someone, an actual person that you could sit down and talk to. Uh, But you may feel, you know, you may have shame about what your debt and what your budgets are. And so accountability partners can take on many different faces for my staying in the black feed. If you go on my IG account, you'll see, I would say 90% of the people that I follow are financial people. And I do that so that I'm always, finance is always forefront on my mind. You may think, oh, that's because you have this uh, podcast. Yes, in part is because it's have the podcast, but in part, it's because it, this is stuff that I want. It's foremost in my mind. I want to keep 
And so they also give me different tips and strategies that they use that I'm like, hmm, I can incorporate that. So changing your social media feeds can also be a way to give yourself an accountability partner. But having someone to sit down and talk to you uh, is really helpful because, you know, if it's a friend, they may be going through some of the same struggles that you're going through. And sometimes that friend may be in a more stable financial place than you are. And then you're able to see and mimic some of their behaviors and understand kind of like the difference between a true want and a need and, you know, you have to be your own Joneses. So that person doesn't necessarily have to be on the same, in the same financial space that you're in for it to work. Some people like to help other people. So maybe if your pers- the person that you're, is your accountability is not doing as well as you, then you can be helping them. And then that exchange will challenge you to get even better. So your accountability partner, um, whether they be an actual person that you speak to or your social media feed, listening to podcasts around finances will help you be more comfortable and really set your goals and hold yourself to those goals whether it's putting, you know, dates in your calendar to sit down and review your stuff, but really having that accountability and partner um, mechanism in there is going to be really important. So don't let all the negative statistics that I gave you in the beginning get you down. Let it inspire you to take action so that you are not one of those people living paycheck to paycheck. And if you already are a person who's living paycheck to paycheck, let it inspire you to get out of that cycle. So the highest leverage action step in beating the paycheck to paycheck cycle is to one, really review and decide, are you in the cycle or are you close to being in that cycle? And then take action steps to get out of them. So I hope that this was helpful. I will uh, list the steps to get out of the cycle or to ensure that you don't get into the paychecks, the paycheck to paycheck cycle in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Remember, stay in the black. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...